This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our Real Presence Live show this morning. We are broadcasting live from the Diocese of Sioux Falls. I'm one of your hosts, Father Randall Kazel, joined by Steve Splonskowski. And before we head into our final interview of the morning, did you know that you don't need to be near a radio to listen to RPR? We have an easy-to-use app that you can download right to your phone so you can listen to daily programs like Real Presence Live or special programming like the Ordination Mass this afternoon at 2 p.m. with uh, the ordination of Bishop-elect DeGrude. You can find it in the App Store. So if you happen to be away from your radio for a time uh, and maybe you're in a location that doesn't have a physical radio signal, check out our app. It's RPR programming 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Download it now and spread the word with your friends that they can listen to RPR all the time. And we are blessed at this time to be joined by with Bishop Andrew Cousins from the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis. Uh, your close friend with Bishop Elect DeGrude, as I am too. So we're blessed to know and share a common friendship with him. And we welcome you here with us, Bishop Cousins. Thank you very much. It's a delight to be here. So can you tell us about how well you know uh, Bishop Elect DeGrude and how long you've known him and anything else you can share about knowing him? Yes, I, I first met him in the summer of 1991 that we had a gathering for all those who were just about to enter the seminary at the St. Paul Seminary, and uh, we met at that gathering and we became fast friends. I was immediately attracted to his warm personality and his, his great sense of humor, and uh, we went through all seminary together, so we were seminary classmates, and for those of you who don't know, that means you basically are with each other every day for four years. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, about it. And you go through lots of experiences together. Um, you know, we, we did a semester in the Holy Land together. We, uh, we were ordained in all of our ceremonies together, both deacon and priest. And so uh, we've actually continued that strong friendship, which began in seminary all the way through our, our priesthood up until today. Wow. So are you able to share some fun stories, Bishop Cousins? Uh, we don't want to embarrass uh, the bishop-elect, but uh, some fun stories. You know, there are many fun stories because uh, <laughs> the bishop-elect is a man who has a great sense of humor. I remember when we were seminarians once, uh, we did have the privilege to, to do a semester in the Holy Land. And so we were on the plane on the way over. And this is the first time either of us had been over the ocean, you know. And uh, we were on our way to Rome first, and then we were going to Jerusalem. And... Uh, the, we were on the plane, and the stewardess comes by, and we were kind of, you know, especially Bishop Lark DeGroote was kind of joking with her, and, and finally she said, what do you two do for a, for a living? <laughs> and he said, well, why don't you guess? And she said, hmm, I need to think about that. And she went about two rows behind, then she came back, and she gasped, and she said, you're men of the cloth? <laughs> we laughed because I'd never been called a man of the cloth before. <laughs> I thought about that story, though, because just a month ago, I was once again with Bishop-elect DeGroote on my way to Rome, except this time we were going to see Pope Francis for our limina visits. And I thought, wow, these two men of the cloth started as seminarians, <laughs> and we've come a long way, both of us now as bishops, headed yeah. to meet the Pope. So it was really a, a, a great memory. What are some of the uh, the pastimes that uh, you have enjoyed with uh, Bishop-elect DeGroote? Does he a hiker or, or what are kind of those activities? Uh, he does love the outdoors. He's a farm boy, of course, so uh, we, we often have gone hiking together and um, we've visited a lot of places together. Uh, most of the time, though, when we get together, it's actually just for kind of spiritual sharing and mm -hmm. for friendship, you know. Um, we both have busy schedules, and but um, we've, we've kept in touch over the years and made it, made it a, um, a real intentional friendship. Um, so 
over the past five or six years, we get together every month just to just to, for spiritual support and spiritual friendship and and sharing how we're doing. Um, when I became uh, auxiliary bishop in the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis, was at the very same time that uh, then Father DeGroote became the vicar for clergy. And so vicar for clergy is the is the priest who helps the bishop in in his relationship with the priests of the diocese. And, well, those were some very difficult days for the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis, as we were dealing ultimately with criminal charges for sexual abuse. And um, so Bishop-elect had a difficult job, but and we went, were able to go through that together. So uh, we worked together in seminary, and then we had very different assignments along the way, although we kept friendships. But uh, in 2013, we were both then, of course, back assigned, uh, working then at the Archdiocesan Chancery uh, to try to help lead and guide things in the Archdiocese. So it was a great gift to have a close friend to go through those times with. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Bishop Cousins, you have a unique view of the Bishop Lex DeGroote's gifts and gifts in action in the service of the church. Uh, what would you be, say would be some of the primary gifts that he'll bring here to Sioux Falls that he'll share with the faithful here? You know, um, the Bishop-elect is a man of intense charity, and that's a really important thing. Uh, he loves God, and he loves people. And uh, people who... Uh, are around him, um, even in difficult circumstances, experience this great kind of peace that comes from him and this great love and compassion that comes from him. And uh, that love and compassion, of course, is what helps melt people's hearts, you know. But he's not, uh, you know, so that's his most important gift. And anyone who's been around him would would just, they'd probably just say he's just such a kind man, you know. Um, But he's also actually a very strategic leader. And I think that's important to see, you know. Um, I saw it recently when he became a pastor again, and he spent, you know, about the first uh, six to nine months doing a very consistent way to try to get to know the parish and then help decide what are the strategic things we're going to do as a parish to help grow in our love together as disciples of Jesus Christ. And So um, it's real leadership, you know. He He was finding out who had what gifts in the parish and how he could invite those people in to use their gifts. And so... Um, you know, he had a strategic planner in the parish who helped him with some of that. He had um, some people who would help him in the area of fundraising and finances. And he was able to identify those people's gifts, call on them, and then put them to use for the sake of the gospel. And because he's a man of such integrity, uh, people want to, they want to be a part of that. You know, they say, oh, this, this, this man is doing something good, and I want to be a part of that. So um, he, he has both, I would say, the, the kind of pastoral leader or pastoral charity gifts but also especially those those leadership gifts, which are an important part of priesthood and being a bishop. If you're just joining us, we're visiting with Bishop Andrew Cousins of the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis. This is Real Presence Live. Steve Splonskowski are along here with Father Randall Kazel. And we are blessed to be with you and also blessed, as we mentioned, to be with Bishop Andrew Cousins here. Uh, let's talk a little bit, Bishop, uh, if you don't mind, uh, personally for yourself, in these difficult times in the church, um, where do you find joy and hope for the church in your in your work as shepherd? Where do you see that joy and that hope? I find it in the hearts of our people. You know, um, when I first became a bishop, there were you know the, it was a difficult time in the archdiocese, and I kind of thought, well, when I go out to the parish, people are going to be mad at me, you know, because I'm the bishop, you know. And I found almost exactly the opposite: so much deep love and faith in the hearts of the people that that gave me joy and it buoyed my faith and helped me you know to lead forward and and to do the difficult things that maybe need to be done you know um so i found a great great joy just in being with the people our young people um our married people our old people uh 
when you're with them and you experience their deep faith, it's it, it brings great joy. And I, I know that Bishop DeGroote's a real per- people person like that as well, and he'll find his, his joy as well, just as often as we can get out into the people. Hmm. Yeah, and... Bishop Cousins, you mentioned about getting out into the people that uh, um, and learning what their gifts and skills are. Uh, what is that next step of, in, uh, how would you describe inviting people to begin to share? And then once they're sharing, what what ends up happening as they're sharing their gifts? What have you yeah. seen and what will, how will Bishop-elect DeGroote have that step continue? Yeah. You know, what's beautiful is, of course, always first there's the encounter, even with our Lord, right? We invite our people to an encounter with the Lord. And then in the encounter, as they discover the Lord's love, then they discover the Lord's calling them to something. It's interesting, I've, I noted in the scriptures, almost every time the Lord calls someone to something, he says to them, don't be afraid. Yes. And I thought, well, why does he say that? Well, it's usually because he calls us to something more than we think we're capable of. Yes. And so we're, we're tempted to be afraid because we think, I can't do this. Yeah. But in fact, with the Lord's grace, uh, all things become possible, and so we can do it. And so what people discover as they respond to the Lord's call is that actually the, the Lord can use them in ways they never dreamed. And then their own faith, their own relationship with the Lord begins to, to, to grow. And of course, it's all about that relationship with the Lord, right? Um, even the reason we serve is so that we can draw closer to Him and, and draw others closer to Him. You know, so is it, we're talking about the ordination here of, of Bishop Donald, uh, elect, Bishop-elect Donald DeGroote, um, now, do these, the day that is chosen for this, these events, for the consecration and ordination of the bishop, is it a special day in the church? Is there a special feast today that we're celebrating in, in conjunction with I know tomorrow's his birthday, so that's not a feast of the church, but uh, is there a feast today that we're celebrating? In- so the day gets chosen based on different factors, you know. The first factor is when can the papal nuncio come? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. that's so pragmatic. That was the main factor that led to today. And then when can the archbishop, uh, who's going to be the ordaining bishop, when can he come? And so the main factor that led to today was was the um, was the calendar of of the papal nuncio and the archbishop. In fact, the bishop elect told me he made a joke to the papal nuncio when the papal nuncio said, "Well, let's do February 13th." He said, well, you know, it's February. You're going to have to be responsible for the weather. <laughs> and of course, as we know, it's a cold day. It's a yep. beautiful sun. Yes. But it's, a, it's below zero right now in Sioux Falls. So uh, we can blame the papal nuncio for that, apparently. The, right. uh, but, uh, but so oftentimes it's practical concerns. Uh, we always do try to do it on a feast day if we can. But I think on this ordination, it was mainly the practical concerns of when can we get everybody together? in a reasonable time to do this for the sake of the diocese. And of course, the day itself becomes a very special feast for the diocese. I mean, think of the power of God uh, coming into the diocese through the bishop, right? I mean, the bishop is the foundation of the church. Without the bishop, there's no Eucharist because there's no priests because, you know, it's the bishop who brings the whole foundation of the church. Um, And of course, it's Jesus who's the foundation of the church, right? But Jesus continues to work through his apostles. And so... It's a great day of grace for the diocese because um, through this man, uh, in his own humanity, in his own poverty, much, much grace will come to the diocese and the church will continue in the diocese of Sioux Falls for the next generation. Well, that's a, a great reminder of the, the gift we have in our, in our great leadership. We have so many great bishops and so many great priests that we are served by here as a lady and we're so blessed. Um, but, and in, in conjunction with that, hopefully you're blessed back by the the work of the people what are some gifts that you've personally felt um and received as a bishop uh of of the diocese of uh, arch archdiocese 
You know, the the main thing I always experience is the support, the love, and the prayers of the people. Mm. Of course, I've been benefited from many of their gifts, right, in all the different areas of leadership, because a lot of times my people know more about finance and planning than I do, right? And they know more about um, even how, how to deal with difficulties and problems than I do. So I'm always consulting them, right, as I'm discerning and how we, how we can help lead the diocese forward with Archbishop Hebda. But the main gift I experience is, is the support of love and prayers. I just finished my own personal retreat. Every priest is required to make an annual uh, retreat, and I just finished that. And I, I experienced that very tangibly, just the power of so many people praying for me. Um, in fact, I just talked to our Carmelite sisters this morning, and they said, oh, we were praying for you on your retreat, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, so to know that there's so many people, priests and religious and lay people, and that we're all united in this great communion of the Church, and the power of that prayer affects more than just us. It affects the whole world. Well, Bishop Cousins, if I could go back just a bit. You had mentioned uh, when we began the interview, you were in Rome for the Ad Limina visit. Can you, can you share with us any tidbits that you may have received from our Holy Father and anything maybe the Holy Father might have mentioned to Bishop-elect de Groot? Yes, Any insight yes. there? You know, so the Holy Father did say we had a beautiful, we had two hours with the Holy Father. Can you imagine? Two hours with the successor of St. Peter. That's a and gift. Eleven bishops from the region. We're, a small, we're one of the smallest regions, so it was just us and the Holy Father for over two hours. And it was a beautiful and very open conversation. We got to ask him whatever we wanted, and he spoke very freely. He did say, you know, I asked that what's said in this room stays in this room. But there are certain things, of course, that, <laughs> that, are, that are lighter that one could be shared. And so Bishop-elect de Groot did ask the Holy Father. He said, well, what advice do you have for a new bishop? You know, I'm just about to be a bishop. And it was beautiful the way the, whole, the Holy Father said, in the life of a bishop, everything is founded on prayer. Make sure that you're a man of prayer. Yeah. Which echoed the, the thing that he said to me the first time I met him. The first time I met him was in, in this January of 2014. I was uh, ordained for just a month, and I was at the Wednesday audience. And he looked at me, and he said, Oh, my, you're young. <laughs> and then he said, You're going to have to work a lot. <laughs> and then he put his finger on my chest, and he pounded on my chest, as he said, and you have to pray a lot, too. And he said three times, Pray a lot. Pray a lot. He was speaking in Spanish. Rezas mucho. Rezas mucho. <laughs> Pray a lot. And uh, so I know that I know he's a man of prayer, and I know uh, that was certainly his key advice to, to the bishop because, of course, it's through prayer that we're able to stay in union with the Lord and make sure that we're leading our people in union with the Lord. So actually, let's, let's continue on that vein just a little bit. I know there's a fun story about being in Rome. Uh, I, I got to be there at the same time, and there was, we had Mass at St. Paul outside the wall, and mm-hmm. we're looking around, and, and Bishop Cousins is not here, and our Bishop-elect de Groot is not there. What, what happened? Yes, yeah, so uh, I'm not sure if it was because of a rookie bishop move, but what happened was <laughs> the Bishop-elect got caught in the elevator at the North American College, and... Uh, now, you know, it's, it's Italy, and so Italy doesn't have always the same sort of things that work as well as here. But, uh, uh, but there's this one small elevator that goes up to the fifth floor where the bishops stay at the North American College. And he was on his way down, and he got stuck in there. And so I stayed back to, to make sure that he would get out. And then I was, we were going to take a taxi to try to catch St. Paul's outside the walls. But it was Italy, and so it took a little while for the elevator people to get there. It might have taken the same United States. I don't know. But it took about 45 minutes. So... He was stuck in this elevator for a little while, so we ended up missing the Mass at St. Paul's Outside the Walls. But we had another beautiful Mass with the Region 9 bishops at the North American College. 
Yeah. So there was, did he, was there a message from the Lord in that being stuck in the elevator? <laughs> I think it was abandonment to divine providence. Because <laughs> he said, well, this is obviously not God's will that we go to the Mass at St. Paul's outside the walls. Yeah. yeah. And for our listeners, how, how important is that? Because Bishop Elect de Grude mentioned that last night in it's his true. sermon. It's that, true. that it's God's will. How important is that, that we have that as our focus? You know, really, it's the center of everything that we do. Yeah. And, uh, I know that Bishop Elect and I, DeGrude and I, share a favorite book, which is um, De Cassad's Abandonment to Divine Providence, yep. Father mm. De Cassad. Excellent. And when you read that book, you recognize that it represents in a certain way the whole heart of the gospel. It's the yes that Our Lady said, fiat mihi secundum verbum tuum, and it's what Our Lord said. Excellent. Well, thank you, Bishop Cousins, for being with us this morning and uh, taking the time to visit with us. You're welcome. God bless you. Thank Bishop. you, Bishop Elect. Yep. Father <laughs> Bishop Cousins. <laughs> Father Kazel, thank you for hosting this morning. Great You're to be welcome. with you thank here you, Steve. in Sioux Falls. Folks, uh, tune in Real Presence Radio for the election, the consecration and ordination of Bishop Elect Donald DeGroote later this afternoon. RealPresenceRadio.com. We will be visiting with you soon. God bless. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.